It is Sunday, the 18th of March, 2018. This is episode 329 of Digital Outbox. Welcome to a Sunday episode of Digital Outbox, a snowy Sunday. I am Chris and joined as ever by Ian. How's the snow with you? Uh, about an inch and a half, but I'm filled with instant regret that I didn't put in like Sunday the 16th of March in the show notes. <laughs> well, it is the 18th. Oh, is it 16th? No, it is the 18th. Don't, what are you doing to me? <laughs> what are you doing to me? <laughs> Clearly Sunday mornings are a confusing time and the Chris Hutchinson... This is the earliest on. and probably the first time we've ever done this on a Sunday, which is unusual for us. There you go. This is un- I thought we'd be... F- I thought it would be all fresh minds. Uncharted territory. I don't think I've properly woken up yet. Anyway, uh, let's have a talk about the news that's been happening in the last week or so, probably a week and a half. Um, Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey's actually been using his platform with a bit of a tweet storm, and he's been admitting that the platform or the Twitter platform is kind of, as he calls it, broken, really. Um, and... Basically, it's, it comes down to him saying we didn't really or we haven't so far taken into account what our platform does to the world. And as much as we bring good to the world, we've also been a platform for bringing bad, uh, you know, the the good and the bad um, of, of everything, really. And he's saying, yep, and we haven't done enough to address that situation. And now we've been hearing lots recently about, you know, the little steps that they've been taking here, there and everywhere to try and make their platform a less... Um, What's the word? Virile? Uh, virile? No. Uh, toxic. Ugly. Toxic is exactly the word to use. Yeah, toxic environment. Um, and he sort of said, we haven't done enough, but we're now going to go and talk to people about doing this. So they're not going to do a Facebook, which is, you know, respond to a story by giving a you know tidbit of information and just moving on from it. They've, he said he's going to go back to the core of what makes the platform uh, and try and make it a nicer area, removing the bad stuff uh, and keeping some of the good. Um, firstly, it's very honest of him. I don't know what you thought about that for a start. I did. I, I, you're right. It was very honest. Very, very strange as well because I think for a lot of a lot of people, they, they, it feels like they've been in denial for you know two, three, four years on this. You know, lots of people talk about it, um, and and you know the seniors, you know, when they're publicly talking about it, saying you know you don't understand how difficult it is, you don't understand what we're doing, but they f- it always felt like they weren't doing some basics. And I think they've, I think the last, you know, year they've done better at that. But this almost feels like, a, you know, it almost feels like the guy's stressed out. Almost, you know, just the way it read, as you said, it was mm. very honest, but it, but it didn't feel like, a, you know, a CEO. Almost overly honest for a CEO. You don't, yeah, you, know, yeah. you don't expect it because it leaves you exposed, really. And you know, what do shareholders think when the CEO saying? This is this is a load of rubbish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, the, the, some of the you no, know, we have witnessed abuse, harassment, troll armies, manipulation through bots and human coordination, misinformation campaigns, and increasingly divisive echo chambers. We aren't proud of how people have taken advantage of our service or our inability to address it fast enough. Not only is trip Twitter broken, Dorsey said, but its response so far has been fundamentally inadequate. Problem. The problem is all the things he's talking about. It's not. Uh, you know, as is the argument and has been the argument of many social providers to, to date, we are just a platform. It is not us that makes this platform ugly. It is humans. And is this not getting to the fundamental issue of it's, un- it's humans that are the, that we are the common cause? And actually, are we, you know, are the addressing natures or the addressing measures they're going to be taking just a way of hiding away that ugly side that humans just seem to have through the ages and through, you know, it's eternal, right? You're just hiding away those edges that, that exist and, and by just sweeping them under the carpet, are we then not going to address them again? Is is more the point? Should we address human nature? Uh, and how do you do that? And how, do you, how does Twitter go about doing that um, without just simply, you know, just taking away the things that it finds, you know, ugly? Uh, and and uh, yeah, right. I mean, it's an open platform, and and that's one of the, the powerful things about it. You know, you, we we've talked about it before the, you know, being able to talk to people that you would never been able to have a conversation with, whether it's your sporting hero, or, you know, a personality on TV, a scientist, or an academic. But at the same time, it, it gives the ugly, you know, side of our you know human nature a platform. 
you know, and we'll, we'll cover it later on with some of the Facebook And in fact, it gives issues. it a disproportionately large platform because uh, yeah. you're able to be anonymous and you you know you don't have to uh, you don't have to reap the, the the downside to your you know your bad bad well I don't know you just you know you I, I think I, don't know I think the, the, the exact words are but yeah you know. the, the anonymity is the biggest thing for me you know if I if I was at a you know some sort of you know if I was on question time or I was you know I was at some sort of town hall thing mm. and you know I was you say something you my face is there people know who who I would be. Um, and and with Twitter, that's not the case. You know, you're anonymous. So you, you can be hiding, and it's just. It's so is that the way? Ugly. Is this how? Is that how social platforms are going to have to go? Are they going to have to be not this uh, private and anonymous place? Does it? Does, do they have to go fully authenticated and public? As in, you have the, this is your digital personality, and you can't have a platform that's hidden away like that. I, I think it will end up like that, and then it will be then. You know. I guess it's that balance between people who then say civil liberties when you, you know, when you need to be identifiable on, you know, because mm-hmm. it brings a, a whole ton of other yeah, exactly. issues. When, you know, exactly. In, so in, it's that whole thing. Environments, you know, you know, in other countries where you know you can be in prison for saying the wrong things, you you want to be able to say these things and keep anonymous. You want to be able to say what it's like in countries that, that don't allow information out, and you can only do that if you're anonymous. So again, we we remove some of that, you know, upside. Yeah. But I think there's Hard other one. platforms that have become, you know, so there's so there's other platforms like Signal, you know, where you can, you know, communicate and you can't, you know, so there was a, there's been lots this week about Facebook, you know, doubling down on people leaking, you know, and mm-hmm. how they've sacked people, you know, dropped people in and said, we've caught you leaking, you're sacked, you're out. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you can, there's other ways of doing it rather than doing it through, you know, your work computer or through, through your Facebook yeah, account, yeah. which I, some people I'm have sure. done. So I, I, I some something's got to change because they've they've done more and even even some obvious things like you know and I'll call it an egg but you know like like you know just stopping people being able to reply to you know if I'm mm-hmm. a celeb and I say something you know it's just you know being able to stop and see any new accounts or somebody's got not got a profile picture or somebody's not because that takes a lot of the bot stuff away but the bots are more sophisticated than we realise. Oh yeah, they'll they'll adapt. Of course they will. Of course yeah. they will. Uh, like I say, I, I think they're trying to solve humanity rather than their platform, and that's the problem, the underlying problem with all these social platforms we've got. It's not about the platform they're offering; it's about how do you how do you monitor and maintain. It's almost like trying to add a society to a, a, an online presence, which is you know we've struggled over the <laughs> over the millennia to put society together in a, a way that everyone's happy with. So I, I do think they'll end up with something around verification. So see that verified blue tick. Yeah. I can see that growing to becoming a. If you're a real person, you can be verified, and that that I think then takes a lot of the bots away if they can manage that properly. In far more important news, though, they've added bookmarks to Twitter, so now you can. <laughs> so, so now you can bookmark tweets that you like without actually having to make them public. So, for example, if you through the day, if you're just scrolling through for five minutes, you can go and quickly bookmark something, uh, and then go back to it, so you can actually go and review those if they had links in them that you're interested in the articles, uh, and you necessarily didn't want to like them because it could have been a you know distasteful article or whatever that you just you want to read up on, but you don't want to give it the credence of yes, I like that. You just want to go and find out what it is. So that's that's been the issue so far is that you have to like something really to keep a history of it. But now they're offering the way of doing it by bookmarks which uh, seems like a sensible thing and actually probably increases engagement yeah it's nice i i always i took the like quite literally to be that i liked this yes um, same here especially but, now it's got a heart by it yeah but i know other people that use it purely as a bookmarking you know they were yeah. they, they did actually i'll come back because they can go to their like tweets and then they can easily get to things but i, I didn't use it that way you know it's like south Staffordshire. Um, maternity hospital have overly high death rates and, and then you like, can't click like if you want to go back and read that later it's not something you can like is it I i'm that. sorry for south <laughs> staffordshire i'm pretty sure that you're you're fine it just i don't know where that came into my head no no do i i'm slightly concerned <laughs> yeah <they're, laughs> we should beep that bit <laughs> um was that a yeah, ple- Facebook- was that a pleasing when you edit this beep that bit <laughs> <laughs> maybe yeah let's see what happens in the edit um yeah, scandalous. Um, and Facebook, you know, more so, more social stuff. Facebook's been asking people whether it's right to to allow men to share uh, children, you know, sexual images of children, in a kind of un. I don't know what the what the word is. It's in a survey they sent out to users. They asked a whole ton of questions, but one of them should, you know, it's round. Should we 
allow this content to be shared on Facebook or what should we do? And one of the options was not, oh, we should report them to the police. It was it was just bizarre questioning. Um, Ill-judged, I think, is the phrase that would be potentially described. It was like a brass eye Chris Morris type. <laughs> it really it was. was. I, I, I couldn't believe this at first. So, so the... I mean, even just the, the, the headline, Facebook has admitted it was, a, it was a mistake to ask users whether paedophiles requesting sexual pictures from children should be allowed on its website. I mean, yes, what it the, doesn't make for a good headline, does it? it it's, it's like, I, I don't know. I don't understand who in Facebook thought this was okay. It just doesn't it, make it, sense it, it to almost me. Sound, it almost feels like it was a bot putting this questionnaire together, you know, you know, as in it was an autonomous thing. It didn't have any kind of thought behind it. Um, you know, and Given its context, they were just asking generally opinions of how people saw things. Um, and, you know, maybe in that context, it's slightly less weird, but it's definitely, an, it doesn't feel like it's been written by a human, right? No, and, and it feels like, it almost feels similar to the kind of the issues Twitter's going through. Facebook's a massive platform, huge compared to, to Twitter. Um, and, it, and it's almost, it's, it struggles to deal with something because it wants to be totally open and it also makes massive amounts of money from its mm. social graph and, and being able to, you know, I can, you know, somebody can look at your account and see who you're friends with and get all that information. But these questions are horrendous. And I think mm. it's almost like the Twitter CEO's kind of, you know, his, his kind of, the whole point behind his tweets on was please help us. And this feels like the same. It's like, you know, we'll do surveys to see what people are happy with his blocking and with his not blocking. But you don't do yeah. that publicly on Facebook. No, you wouldn't have thought so, but then again, no. they're a social platform, so maybe they do think they should do it's, things It's like mental. That. It's absolutely mental. No, I don't. I mean, you know, this line of understanding social perception, you know, it's an interesting one in that we do have a social perception that we have in our country and other people have it in their countries. And obviously that differs, and Facebook is a global company, uh, you know, company that's got these different things. And obviously we're at this question is at the very extreme end of, you know, well beyond any red line, but it's... It's you know we shouldn't be blind to the fact that Facebook do need to get a range of opinions across you know the questions that they've got. But this is this is a bizarre one. But this is but, but this, so this activity is illegal. And then later on, we know vice president of product. Yes, Guy it's Rosen a bit like would they would any question be you know would you allow users to pump heroin into other users' arms? You know, it's, we, I don't know. It's it's just weird. It's just no. weird. it's weird because child grooming's already blocked on the platform, and they do yes. do lots to block it all. And that's that's a bit yeah. it's totally yeah, bizarre. So it's like, should we actually should we relax those? Exactly. Rules? <laughs> no so, Facebook. No, you shouldn't. And that's and that's why it's such a daft question. It's yeah, like here's yeah. something we spend obviously lots of money, and and it must be a horrendous job for the people that that manage that. You know. Yeah, yeah. Looking at all that. Can you I, can you imagine getting that? Job? Oh, that's it's horrendous. Cool but the but to then put this out as a question, it's just oh, boggles the mind. Boggles the mind. They have banned Britain first um, this Finally. this week though as well. Um, so they didn't specify exactly which posts they um, they they sort of referred to during this like judgment. But basically, they said we've told you about this, you know, um, and you haven't done anything to tidy it up. Now their argument is we are not squashing free speech here. And people are free to express whatever, you know, opinion they have. Um, however, they cannot do it with hate and they cannot do it with, a, you know, designation to go and cause harm to anyone. And that Britain First has crossed that line uh, since they have been on warning effectively. So that's the, you know, the, and the two uh, leaders of Britain First have also been imprisoned, I think, over similar hate, um, hate crimes, I think they'd be called. This is this is the bit I get annoyed about Facebook. So it's it's daft things like they allow this kind of content, but then they ban breastfeeding because mm. those images might offend people. Yeah, and it's like, but they were showing mock beheadings and mm. they were spreading hate speech. They were banned as a political party last November. You know, so from a UK perspective, you know, it's like it's it's fairly clear, you know, what what the kind of authorities and most general you know public think of them but i mean this is this page had two million likes you know mm. it's, it's, it's actually a massively followed page and um and that's what i don't get that's the kind of stuff where i expect that to be it's not just because i'm totally against it it's just it's just wrong that should be banned yep and again it's another one of these things though where there is a there is a fuzzy and tricky line for facebook to to navigate yet you think this is so obviously and easy to do but then again like when you've got the president of the united states doing things that put the him puts him on the wrong side of their terms and conditions you know 
is is the day coming when the Trump account is going to get shut down? You know, is is that day coming? Well, I think on Twitter they've already said that that although because everybody's saying that he's breaching their terms and conditions, but they've already said they will not, you know, ban the president of the United States and. You know, if it's newsworthy and there's some other wriggle room they've got round about it. Mm, exactly. Um, but it's, you know, it's when rules count for one another, isn't it? I guess you can see why they don't want to, because they, because they don't want to. Anyway, yes, that Britain First is no longer on Facebook, so that's all good. Um, yeah, other Facebook news. Um, Oculus um, cocked up, I think, is the only <laughs> way of describing it. But basically, they let one of their application certificates expire. Um, and the problem is it, the Oculus software needed that um, license to load itself. And therefore, the date that that, that expired, um, their software ceased to work and it was not possible to load your Oculus. And then you had to do all sorts of jiggery and pokery to get around that the lack of certificate um, while they tried to remedy it by release of a new software, I guess. But it, you couldn't do the update via the software because the software wasn't working. So they got themselves in a right old tiz just from probably a 150 quid security certificate not being Yeah, uh, it's just another Whoops. embarrassing. Yeah, it's just another embarrassing issue over the last. I mean, there's just been there's been it's just been one of those months for Facebook where yeah, everything they touch is turning to turning to crap. And this was, as you say, it's embarrassing because. You know, oh, I need to do a patch. I'll run the update service. Oh, I can't. Oh, no, I can't. I can't. Oh, now how am I? Oh, crap. <laughs> but I think they did, uh, I think, was it was it $15 or $20 they've given to every user to go yes, into the so store? Anyone, I think it was anyone who tried to log in that day. So they're not just handing it all out, but they are saying if you tried to log in that day and couldn't, then uh, you will be getting a, I, I don't know if it's a store credit or whatever, but I did get the email, but my headset's not even at my house at the moment, so I can't claim my, <laughs> I can't claim my money. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Another story: Cambridge Analytica, um, Facebook has suspended them um, from basically due to some work they did for the Trump campaign, um, or they, they did work on the Trump campaign. Sorry. So basically, this is Cambridge Analytica got hold of some data from Facebook as Facebook allowed them to get that data for various, you know, uh, research projects. Um, and this, I, you know, just to say, this is probably not going to be specific to Cambridge Analytica this, this happens lots but it's just been cracked down a bit more on or at least it came into the public eye so it had to be uh, so Cambridge Analytica had this data for the potentially right reasons which and the reasons they asked for it but then they subsequently used that data in various other um, uh, programs and projects that they were, did not have that uh, permission so because they'd mined information already they just reused it in these other places um, and Facebook have said we found out about that and it's not within our terms and conditions therefore we have asked them to delete the information they didn't fully delete it and it came to light that that even got used even further beyond that 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 request to delete the information um i think this just shows how weak the facebook model is of allowing people to mine data and then having absolutely zero control over what happens to that data afterwards so 270,000 people downloaded this app so it was an app called this is your digital life um, but from the 270,000, they mined 50 million profiles, hmm. which is a fair, a fair and significant number. Um, and they mined that information and basically taking it off the, the Facebook platform onto their own, you know, their, their, their own yeah. um, servers. And then from there, we're able to, you know, do very targeted campaign work for not just Trump, but other people around the world. Um and this is an investigation. So, 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 what's what's the reason this has jumped out this week? Um, and f- so, Facebook suspended these guys on Friday night um, because the next day, the Guardian and New York Times were 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 basically publishing it all over yeah. the last two three months. Um, you know, Guardian especially have been. You know, Facebook were about to publish this, and Facebook took them to court. Um, so, rather than banning um, Cambridge Analytica, they've they've been trying to ban the story. Um, and again. It, you know, go back to you know Dorsey and how honest he was on Twitter. There was mm. a a real defence, <laughs> ironically, quite a lot on Twitter from Facebook and um, you know seniors just around. This is how our platform works. No data was stolen. No accounts were tampered with, because that's you know no, what we were saying is is basically we rely are, we rely are, on a terms and conditions line to protect all your data. And yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We found out that doesn't work. Yeah, you know, so so what they were saying is so so if you've not checked the right boxes and if one of your, you know, friends has downloaded this and has, has ran it, then people are just using the platform. But 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 
you know, they do have a responsibility. They're mining a, a lot, you know, of what you do. I mean, and I see it all the time. This has I, been going on for a long time. Yeah, I see it all the time that, that I won't visit Facebook, but I'll find and, and I'll be I'll search for something on my on my Mac, and when I go on Instagram that night, as an ad for it. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. like, yep, because you've just got all your miners in the background capturing all this information and then serving me up ads for it. Um, so yep. it'll it'll be interesting to see. So there, these Cambridge Analytica are now banned, and there's now I, I guess it's now what happens next. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't. It's, not, it's obviously not going to. You know, it's not going to annul any of the, the Trump stuff. You know, it's obviously been quite shady what they've been doing, but there's lots of people using similar types of campaigning. You know, and it's it's this. Just because this, this story is the one in the news, this is definitely yeah. not the only thing going on. You, you know. No, and and there's a whole and you know, a lot of the a lot of the stuff last year was you know they were trying to you know there was there was lots of contact with WikiLeaks and Assange and it's all around Clinton. So so there's a lot of people always saying oh it's all been right wing people doing this, but. It's clear that that political parties in particular are really trying to target down rather than doing that generic. Let's put an ad on telly, and you don't know mm-hmm. who's watching it. We can target, you know, the you know if there's a specific age group that they want to go and target. The best way of doing it is through Facebook, you know, yes. and through that that real targeted. I know I can spend ten thousand pound. And and actually get the people that I need rather than you know I guess a hundred grand on an advert. And not only that, a company like Cambridge Analytica saying to you know advertising their services that hey you know all that information that's in Facebook and that you're not allowed to use in the ways that you want to use it. Well, we've mined it and we're allowed, we'll let you use it in that way, um, even though they're not you know they're not allowed to do that. Um, that, that that of course it's going to happen once they've got that information. Yeah, they, they will sell it on. Yeah. But ultimately, they did violate. Um, some facebook policies came yes, you know so yes, that, but is, that is the you know from a from a user data perspective it just feels weak source that yes you're just relying on that that little line in the terms and conditions that you know when a developer creates a developer account they're just ticking a box you know yeah it's just tick- and, and the observer yeah. today i was reading the, the smaller and they're saying things like you know facebook should be vetting third-party servers and it's like that's not going to happen no, but they are. But they are. I mean, their Facebook are now doing far, far more to vet what your application is, what information it's collecting, mm. and how it's collecting it. Certainly, the more sensitive bits of those information. Yet, it still wants that. They you have passed that verification. You're still in the same situation of that. That company can then store your data, even if there's a line in the data that says you cannot store this information. They still can, and they still do. Um, so, yeah. Has Alexa been laughing at you this week? Um, thankfully not. No, spooky. So this <laughs> came out in the news that Alexa devices are randomly doing quite an evil cackle. I don't know if, if, if you've heard the story, you might have heard the actual laugh that, that Alexa gave out. It was quite a... Oh, she's now talking to me. Um, she, <laughs> she's, but she, yeah, she gave out quite a cackle. And, um, but it was just happening randomly. And Facebook came out... Uh, sorry, um, Amazon came out and, and said, yeah, sometimes we can accidentally hear an activation that asks her to laugh. And it's then laughing at you. But the, but the weird bit about so so I get that a bit of it, you know, if the, if like, I mean, you were talking about it the other day how there's that silent, you know, they're doing some sort of silent code that we can't hear that stops yeah, the trigger under an advert. So so part of me was thinking, is there some sort of silent code that somebody's doing? You know, is there a TV program playing that somebody's figured yeah, out? Yeah, has someone found out how does that how that but, works, or is that um, is that Amazon's way of checking? Yeah, the service is working, and it makes a laugh. So they know that when they get news but, stories to say, there's, there's, there's something not quite right about this because there's, what they've said is like, yeah, it's, you know, things can get triggered, but the folk there was a video of it, and it's not triggered. It, it's just sitting there. It just suddenly and it just laughs, and and that <laughs> I I would be freaked out if I was. I mean, imagine imagine you're just about to go to bed. Yeah, too and much. It just, it that. just starts laughing in the corner. <laughs> I would kick my pants. It's exactly. It's funny, but it's not funny at the same yeah. time. But yeah, it was. But it I'm was also so thinking. But well, I'm, I'm also thinking. You know, I'm at work. My mum's in the house and it just started cackling away. <laughs> yeah, well, she's going to give you a ring and get. No, stressed. she'd probably like 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 call Ghostbusters and. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I did. I found it very interesting that Amazon did admit that the. Um, they can as part of their adverts that they send out. They used to always trigger um, the the word that I can't say because my Alexa device will. Oh, I said it. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Just see echo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So every they have got like un in subsonic frequencies that they can send to the device to make it stop triggering or tell it that it needs to ignore the trigger. 
So and and I guess someone, some clever person, will eventually do the analysis to find out what else it can pass information from a from a TV signal. Your TV is talking to your Alexa device. It's amazing, in a kind of spooky like, yeah, what else? What implications does that have? Type thing. Well, I can see that being like a, a you know, a, can you imagine if, if so. Just say this is something that is found out, and like a next Files episode or some you know scary show finds out how to trigger something. Yeah, so then, yes, as part of the story. Or, you know, yeah. like a black mirror, and it's talking about yeah. these devices getting taken over. And, and, and during, the, uh, you know, and, and, yeah. and during that episode that happens to your yeah, device, it would, it would be amazing. It would be amazing in a kind of violation of privacy and uh, <laughs> sanctity of home type way. Yeah. But, but I can also see at some point there will be, I don't know, I, mean, I don't think Apple will do it, but I can see on Amazon and probably more like Google doing something at some point that allows a... Uh, a big payment of cash and some sort of clever tie-in to, to yeah, happen. If it's strong enough money, yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, like I say, I'm some sort of packet sniffer type person. I'm sure will eventually do the do the do and find out actually what does get talked about between your TV and your device. Um, Google's going to offer its um, free UK phone calls through its home smart speaker. So this is uh, actually physical phone calls direct from your device. It's not using your smartphone, so it's not using it as just a Bluetooth device type thing. Um, And because it can recognize, say, up to six different people, the Google device, um, you can have, you know, you can just say call mum and it will know who you are and it will call the right number. And you can do caller... um, uh, caller identification as well so it looks like it's coming from your mobile so you can do full free hands-free phone calls um over the over wi-fi uh to on the, your google device which is, sounds pretty good yeah thought it was really nice this is uh, available in america already but now it's being brought to the uk yeah and it's just again you know it's just handy just you know don't need to go and find a phone you can just no. really good when you start yeah when everyone starts making you do it, it's clever yeah. Um, YouTube's going to add information from Wikipedia to videos with, on conspiracy. So obviously YouTube is obviously another platform. I don't know why I said obviously twice in a really quick session. There you go. Um, YouTube are another platform who have struggled with the content that's on their platform. I said platform twice now. <laughs> okay. It's not going well. Uh, yes, they've got <laughs> information there and they are trying to put Wikipedia articles next to things that are controversial so that people have both sides of the story, especially when that story is, uh, you know, scientifically proven to be incorrect or is something, a myth that really needs to be debunked. Yeah. I mean, but I is that read, part of the conspiracy? I, I, I don't know. But when I first yeah. read this, I thought this was really good. Um, Google are in on I, this. And I know, there's, I know there's Wikipedia, you know, edit wars and... There's some really contentious, you know, pages that get edited every second and yeah. need to be locked down. And how how do you, you know, like I'm thinking, you know, like the whole Israel, you know, thing. It's just like, yeah. you know, there's just the what what actually happened is is just uh it's just a mess if you try and go there and you can see all the wars. But the worst bit about this was that Google didn't approach Wikipedia beforehand. Oh, okay. <laughs> so they announced this at South by Southwest. And then the next day, Wikipedia had to put it and say, "Yeah, this is this is this is cool, and that." But um, um, nobody told us. Um, so we and we're a for profit, so we're not, or uh, not a for profit. We're a whatever. Um, we're a not for profit. You missed the profit. Yeah, you missed a yep. word. Sunday morning. <laughs> That's quite an and, important uh, word. <laughs> um, and the thing about this is that they're relying on, you know, they're relying on donations and they're relying on, you know, like, it's because it's amazing how small the number of, of actual editors there are. And yeah. um, and now you've got YouTube and Google, some of the biggest companies in the world, and just saying, yeah, we're going to use Wikipedia. And it's going to put more focus on, you know, so if I'm, if I'm a, I don't know, I've always used left wing for change, I'm a left wing, you know, I'm saying that the BBC is, you know, totally biased and it's made out, you know, Jeremy, whatever his name is, to be a, a total Russian and they've been editing background, which has seemed to be the big thing in the left over the last two days. Apparently if, I YouTube, so, yeah. if I do a YouTube video about that and then they put a, you know some Wikipedia articles underneath saying, here's how unbiased the BBC are, I bet you I'm going to then click on it and go and edit it. I'm going to get interested in editing that content. Yeah, and that's potentially, just to, yeah. yeah, I, yeah I, I just think it puts more load on Wikipedia and 
Google do that thing. Interesting. The they're only talking about conspiracy at this point, but it is interesting that they are also thinking around that kind of yes. How do yeah. we balance this all yeah. this off against each other? But yeah, I, I just yeah. Think no, you're right. So you basically they're cash. relying on you know unless they make a substantial donation, they're they're pushing yeah. traffic to these places. But let's face it, someone who's looking at a conspiracy story ain't going to click on the uh, Wikipedia article are they, to say that why this is wrong. Well, you never look below the fold on YouTube. That's my rule. Never, never. I've actually got a plug in a little thing that just takes all that crud away. Just show me the video. <laughs> SkyQ is getting Spotify, and Netflix and HDR support. So Spotify doesn't seem that unusual, I guess, if you want to have music coming through your media system that your TV might be hooked up to. Hey, why not? Um, Netflix was an interesting one, though. So interestingly, you know, you would have thought they're rivals, but, uh, you know, why would why would either of them want either on their platform? But actually, Sky is going to be offering a subscription service that will include Netflix as part of that. Uh, so they're going to be using up, you know, some of those nice Netflixy type box sets and whatever, get them onto their platform without them having to have a media deal. Um, but you can equally just enter your username, password. So you don't need that subscription. If you've already got a Netflix, you don't have to put it through Sky. But, it, you know, I guess it's a kind of a scoop, really. You, you'd have thought Sky've got more to gain out of that than Netflix, really. Um But th- I'm guessing they, they see the number of people that have got Sky and think, well, that's an easy way of expanding that. Um, yeah, I, I think I just want to be on every platform, make yeah, it as so easy and, as possible to get to you. You know, so so when I thought I've got I've got an Apple TV, you got an Samsung Tele, you got an Xbox, got an PS4. You know, it's it's you know I've got an iPad, iPhone. You know, I can run it anywhere. But I just use it on my actual straight up TV, and that seems to be the best integration I've ever seen. Rather than thinking oh, I've got to go through SkyQ, and I had it on Xbox, but I deleted it everywhere else because I just wasn't using it anywhere else. I th- but I think I, all, all I mean by that is if I was so if I've watched I don't know last episode of the latest Netflix thing, and then I'm watching something on Sky, you know, rather than having to shut that down and then go to get another remote, it's just it's all there. And they have promised that it is going to be searchable and integrated, mm. so you can go and search and do all those nice things. So may, maybe it will become more convenient, be as you the, say, just everything in one place. Yeah, and that will be the interesting one because the searchable stuff was what Apple was trying to do through its TV app, and lots mm. of others joined apart from Netflix. Right. Okay. So, so it'd be interesting to see if it is, you know, if it is proper and it's all searchable. That's a really powerful feature because then you're you're then starting to get to that uh, all the content is there, and I can search for it, and it's going to show me. Yeah, here's how you can watch it on Sky or you can stream it on Netflix. Uh, and they're going to bring HDR, but they haven't made it clear whether that's to just streaming sort of downloaded content or whether they're going to um, bring it to TV and sports as well. So it's unclear at this stage. They haven't given the details, but there you go. HDR is coming as well. I've not moved to SkyQ, but it's it's, um, it's maybe something I need to do. I, they're, you know, the the new software updates they're going to bring as well they're going to be some new stuff coming to the boxes themselves um and that's due out in spring and i think that might be the time to think about upgrading because at the moment the the, the software in the box is still not it's getting better but it's still not quite there um but there you go i'll see if i can tie it to the, the end of my year's deal yes see yeah. <laughs> tell them tell them you're gonna quit again i'm <laughs> quitting <laughs> Uh, Apple has acquired the digital newsstand uh, called Texture. Um, it's basically trying to get you know legitimate sources of news available on it across its platforms. Um, Texture has been described as the, the Netflix of magazine publishing. So you do a subscription and then you get access to around 200 magazines um, for a monthly $9.99. Um, is this available in the UK? It doesn't, doesn't ring any bells. Yeah, Um I'm pretty sure it is. I'm just double checking. Um, I think the content you can access is maybe slightly different. Yeah, but I, from memory, I thought it was. Yeah, and so basically, they're going to keep the company running. You know, many of these publishing or these these deals nowadays, they, they the company is due to run exactly as it has done before, but it will come under the books of Apple. Um, yeah. Oh no, it's it's not by the looks of it. Okay, so it probably is going to be something that will come over, especially the... the yeah, Zinio is what's available in the, in the UK, just when I was searching. Let me just check iPad just in case. Um, I could just probably use it, just checking on random Google. Um, but no, the um, I think it's all back to the, the... They all do different deals with different magazine publishers, so it's not like it's got everything. Yeah, um, so... Uh, it, like like with everything, we're likely to see this, but it's just interesting that Apple are going down this route of, yeah, we we do need to control some of this news source now. We're aware that you know we don't all these 
fake news things we, we want to we want to control that a little bit more um so that's what they've done with this service um, it looks like it's just us yeah okay so we'll keep an eye out that for when that comes to the uk trump um trump's administration they've blocked a merger between qualcomm and broadcom um and underlying this has potentially some serious implications but it's kind of flown under the radar a little bit yeah so so qualcomm us company broadcom um chinese company and three four months ago trump made a big deal about broadcom you know you know based in a huge new office and factory in america said it was all you know we're making america great again all the usual crap um but the, the challenge with this is that it, it call, there's a big there's a big chase on now for 5G. You know, four G is nice and mature. Five G is coming along. Mm-hmm. Hold on, you know, stuff around whose chipset is the best chipset and who's going to develop it. Um, even to a point of that, what Trump considers now to be a, a national security priority. So Qualcomm um, has been quite a leader in the five G technology. Broadcom are looking to buy Qualcomm. And last week he just went, you know, blocked. Yeah, so unilaterally um, blocked it using his yeah. his powers, um, which is an unusual thing, although not completely unprecedented. But it's an unusual thing for sure to be to be run, especially on grounds of uh, concern over national security. You know, the 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 Chinese. Um, we've seen it with Huawei and all those kind of things that they've stopped them delivering phones because they're getting nervous about the amount of Chinese communication devices that are used and injected into the American um, system. And this is, so it's, uh, yeah, so not not completely unprecedented, but to use that, and especially on national security grounds is, Mm. you know, that's, it's, yeah, it shows the real tensions building up at the moment and this real there's lack of collaboration and more just nervousness about what each of us doing and and potentially the stories that we hear about russia and things like that at the moment they're all due to that nervousness and just that general feeling of yeah we don't want these people interfering in our lives it feels like the like, like the kind of globalization is taking a step back it's um it's but it's also just the power of china now as well you know they are hugely powerful whereas it's you not know, like it hasn't been talked about for about the last 20 years and <laughs> how powerful got, china are. exactly but i think it's just the you know because even military might you know you look at what america's got aircraft mm. carrier wise for example china's only just getting its first one or two you know but it's it's rapidly catching up and it's you know it's out outspending america there are there are re- there are reasons why lots of americans are you know, concerned about this. Uh, so it's, and yeah, they don't they're... spend their whole lives dogged down in political um, stagnation uh, because that's <laughs> one thing's got going for a dictatorship is that it moves forward in a direction. It's not the right one often, but nevertheless, they don't get, you know, squashed by, you know, what we get squashed by in our societies, which is just totally in action until the absolute last desperate time that you can do something because it becomes too serious to ignore. And you're right. I mean, the weird thing about this, it wasn't like um, Broadcom were going to buy Qualcomm and say, right, we're relocating everything to China. You know, it was making commitments around, you know, jobs and, you know, funding, etc. But they've seen, you know, when you don't trust someone, whether that's inherent or whether that's just, you know, your own personal um, prejudices, you know, we've been going through a period. I think, you know, (laughs) what we had in the last maybe 50 years to now has been sort of unprecedented collaboration between countries and it just all seems to have taken a massive step backwards on so many different fronts and all stemming from underlying people's um you know prejudices and it's just it's it's pretty depressing if you get really into the psychology of it all right yes so let's not get depressed raspberry pi then let's talk about that it's always a nice thing to talk about the model b plus is arriving just in time for raspberry pi day pi day um uh, and basically, this is a souped-up model again, a um, bit more processing power. Um, they've got dual-band Wi-Fi, and they've also got power over Ethernet, so they can potentially take away one of those cables, which would be even more streamlined. So um, pretty good, although that does restrict the... Um, I think, is it to restrict the the, the, broad, the bandwidth of that Ethernet? I'm not even sure, but it's basically it's a nice little update. Again, it's streamlining even more. You get more for your for your buck, and the price stays the same, I believe. Uh, yes, and the power of Ethernet. I think the challenge is that um, it will deliver power, but if you start to tax it, you know, so if you're starting to 
You know, if you're using your Pi as some sort of Plex backend. Mm. Uh, if it's it trying was, to do 4K video or something. Yeah. It, it, was, it was struggle. But then um, I think even some of the some of the USB power sources struggled depending, you know, if you wanted yeah, yeah. to take it from a hub rather than from a direct uh, socket power. You know? The nice thing about Pro Ethernet is if you've got a, you know, a massive enterprise and you've got, you know, instead of trying to, you, know, you have lots of places where you've got network, but you might not necessarily have you know, power sockets. So this allows you to deploy a little Pi and a yeah. few sensors and, and away you go. Yeah, and say again, all this amazing price, you know, what, was it $30 or is it even less than that? I can't remember. Yeah, it's, it's like, it's, I want to say it's like 25 quid or something yeah. like that. Yeah. You know, it's it's amazing what what you get <laughs> for that but size. But each time they bump up, you know, each time they bump up the, the specs, it, it can do more. So even even though there's arguments that say this is, you know, this it's not as cheap as you might expect and there's a ways of even doing this kind of thing cheaper, it's such a compelling and easy to pick up you know, object that it's, you know, it's still got quite an excitement around it. Um, Fitbit's released another smartwatch. Um, it's called the Versa. Uh, it's $199. Um, so this is their second attempt. So they, they released the Ionic, um, but that didn't sell as well as they had hoped. And the Ionics is their sort of, I guess their fully featured uh, smartphone. It's got GPS in it, so you could do your proper uh, run tracking without the need for a phone, etc. Um, and this is their second attempt, which actually doesn't have the GPS in it, but it does have still the sort of uh, applications and things like that on it. It's, so it's meant as a kind of smartwatch light, um, and it's, a, it's I think it's about half the price of the Ionic, something like that. Um, it's, it's it's kind of more whereas the ionic was a kind of angular squared off device which some people didn't like and it was quite big uh, especially um if you had small wrists it was quite a big device um but this is much more kind of streamlined it's they call it a squircle which actually i quite like it's like a squared off circle i thought that was quite clever um and it's slightly less deep and things like that so it's a bit more manageable i <laughs> My problem is now, you know, I'm I'm in the running sphere at the moment, so I like my running at the moment. And pretty much Garmin have got the activity, you know, around that kind of arena absolutely sewn up. Their devices have, you know, they're hard to beat as far as if you want a running uh, watch, you know, Garmin's the place to go. And it's hard for Fitbit, even though they've got the name, to stretch away from just their, you know, everyone's got a watch that they're happy wearing. Why would I want to wear a Fitbit in in the running world? It makes sense. You're you got your Garmin and it's it's what you wear. But I I think Fitbit have got that. It's a hard transition from just wearing a pedometer effectively to actually wearing a fully featured smartwatch that's not as fully featured as other smartwatches that are available, right? I think it's just it depends how serious you are into your running or and, and, and your activity. See if you're just going for a couple of fun runs a week. You know, and and you're wanting to wear it the rest of the time. I think they've got a chance, but you know, the, Apple Watch seems to have so much of that sewn up of the kind of casual, yeah. You know, workout market. Um, and yes, Fitbit's a great name. It's been around for a while. I just, I, I know this is daft. It feels like the kind of Nokia from you know, eight eight nine years ago. The right. writing's on the wall, and I can't see what they're going to do to kind of keep going. So, so you you see the Fitbit as a brand in total struggling. I think so. I mean, I've got a, I've got a new little Fitbit, you know, whatever it was. Can't even remember its name. And it's just because the sleep tracking was nice and easy for yeah. it. Um, and I didn't want to commit another Apple Watch right now. You know, I'm still on this version zero, as they call it, and um, mm. the the battery's a a dog. <laughs> it's it's getting through to maybe like eight nine o'clock, and it'll pop up the ten percent warning. But mm. so but this year I'll I'll get a I'll get a new Apple Watch because it struggles with with any app. When are we due a new release from that? Uh, probably September, October, because there was a new mm. update last year. It's a fair um, little while to go, but okay. Yeah, but another option is just get an eighty quid battery. You know, it's you know, and it's but then it feels feels like I've done that middle of last year. You know, yeah. just to make value out of that. Um, but no, I and I I still love Fitbit. Um, I, and I love it's it's just dead easy. The app's really simple. Um, I'm not doing any. I think if I was a serious runner, you know, so I'm classing you as a serious runner. Now, um, <laughs> you know, because you're all in, and um, it makes sense that you know devices like Garmin are fantastic. Yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, and and two hundred dollars is is just it's only really just above their their highest of their kind of 
normal tracking just um devices that, that you know that with their act, what they'd call their heart rate and activity tracking so it's only it's, it's just moving that little bit further on and hey you can get a bit a bit more you can get your notifications you can get this we've got some little applications and things for you and we, we're doing more with the va2 max and various other bits and bobs so yep it, it definitely fits into their range and and really the argument now is is their range going to be enough to keep them afloat and you know it just didn't look very good to me so see when i see some of the screenshots and i look at the i mean what did you call it squirkle squirkle or something squirkle. you know and it just looked like it reminded me of of pebble in some ways it's like mm. this the screen looked quite basic and it was obvious where the screen and the watch joins were and yeah i don't know i just i want something a bit better than that thanks <laughs> Fortnite Battle Royale coming to mobile. So they are bringing a version of their software and click the same, same island, same infrastructure, same everything, but they're bringing it to mobile so you can still play whilst away from your main PC. And they're even going to be offering cross-platform gaming to the mobile, I think, which is unbelievably unbalanced. Yet, if someone wants to do it, why not? Um, and yeah, it's... Wow. They... Every, it, Fortnite seems to I know PUBG is not going anywhere right it's still got that serious edge the problem is they haven't been able to iron out all the issues although they're getting better every day but Fortnite is seems to be winning the battle of the Royals at the moment it so, everyone loves it so Fortnite is the biggest game at the moment by far everyone um, loves it they just you know they they think it's it's got all the elements of PUBG which they like yet with the light-hearted and they can play around yeah. with it whereas PUBG because they root themselves in this realistic environment they can't you can't have weird riding donkeys and unicorn no. sticks and things and, and but I the think, Fortnite can because it's it's this yeah. fantasy world and I think they have iterated quicker they've offered 100%. more they've changed the modes they've got and also things like cross so I guess there's a couple of key things so Fortnite's on you know it's on PC and Mac um, but also on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, whereas mm. PUBG is just in PC and Xbox One. Yeah. Um, and and the, the PlayStation community is 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 about eight or nine times bigger than Xbox One. It's huge mm-hmm. compared to Xbox. I don't one. know the figures anymore. But yeah. Yeah. So I think their their sales figures were just huge um, compared to Xbox. So you know Xbox, I guess, is going to have also a split community between you know I think they said it was five million people playing it playing PUBG now. Mm-hmm. Um, or I've played PUBG, yeah. um, but you can also play Fortnite, you know, on the Xbox. So you've got a choice there. Whereas PlayStation, you've yes, only it, got Fortnite. That's a good point. I haven't thought about that. Yes, when they say five million PUBG players, yes, they could be split across all those players because they can't play two games at once, kind of thing. Yeah, uh, yeah, and and so and I guess the other the other thing is so so PUBG, I think, are it's only on the you know Xbox can only play Xbox. PC can only play PC, and some, as you say, you probably you probably want that if you're if you're serious I about think, it and you're going to lose a head. I think cross-platform play is on its way if it's not here already. But yes, so I th- I'm pretty sure yeah. again, optionally, you can join a PC friend, but it has to be that way around. A PC person can't join an Xbox game, so yeah. that's how they're controlling that. So if you really want to go and play with your PC buddies, you can go do that. Um, but but the other way around is not possible. And Fortnite have been really aggressive around the, you know, you can play, you know, so on an Xbox, you can play against PC and Mac and now iOS. Yeah. But you can't play against PS4 because Sony. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> and, and so Sony allows you to play, I think you can play PS4 and PC. Yes, you can, Mac. because that's exactly what this next story is on, which was Ninja playing. Well, with... well before before oh, we go on to that, let me just. So uh, I've got iOS version. Oh, you got it. Yes, I forgot. Yeah. So um, um, so that you had to register, and I think they were doing random invites, and I got day one invite, which was nice for a change. And um, and it does look like the console game. They've actually done Maybe. a really good job. It's a two gig download on your on your iPad, um, and they've done interesting things like. Um, they know lots of people won't play with headphones on because you're on a tablet or whatever. It's not mm-hmm. like you're, you know, you're, you're gaming and such. So they let show you visibly where sounds coming from. Oh wow! So okay. so like when somebody, no, so not in the game, like you're playing, you know footsteps or yeah. somebody's coming from behind or yeah. somebody's shooting from. And in the game, they visually show icons on the screen, so mm. you can actually, and and everything's touch controlled. And, and I thought the touch controls were horrible. They're actually not bad. It's not like a, it's not like a gamepad, and I still think someday, you know, it's like a, a mouse will trump a gamepad will trump touch controls. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. But it's uh, it's it was very impressive, and it worked pretty flawlessly, and I died lots. So yeah, I suck. Yeah, and as I said, Ninja. Uh, well, we, we that happens anyway. It doesn't matter. 
<laughs> it wouldn't matter if we were using a mouse. It'd still die lots. Um, yeah, Ninja and Drake uh, were doing a Fortnite session live on Twitch, and they absolutely smashed all the old streaming figures. This for an individual stream, so this isn't a this isn't a big competition stream from like a dota getting streamed out this is an individual's just personal stream and he got uh well over half a million so six hundred thousand people um watching the stream um and this was yep drake playing on ps4 ninja playing on his pc and they were just playing together games and just chatting away and yeah it, it went mental basically and, and twitch is already huge um you know and you've got mixer from from microsoft and but Twitch is by far the leading kind of streaming, yep. gaming streaming service. But this is, feels like the big breakout moment for them. You know, we are... Well, it's already the biggest streamer in the world hooking yeah. up with a well-known artist and all those things bringing together. And the only thing that actually really failed about the whole thing was uh, all the friends requests maxed out so they couldn't invite other people that they wanted to get into their own stream because they couldn't get hold of the, the you know, account requests. And I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, Epic will be looking at. So there was some Fortnite issues as well, um, so they'll, they'll be looking at, at fixing that because that this was a massive moment for Fortnite and for and for Twitch, you know, because it's, you know, it was like gaming breaking out. I mean, Drake's huge, obviously, you know, but get, you know, gaming's getting talked about in a totally different arena, in a totally different sphere. Yeah, it's like yeah. wow. Just much more, you know, mainstream, basically, and, and, and I, I, enjoying and the yep. casual nature of just chatting and playing games, and somehow that finding people finding that compelling. And and it, and to me, it just it's another. It just goes to show, I think, where where streaming is going to end up. Mm. You know, it's um, it's a thing. Huge, huge so I mean, the amount the amount of entertainment budget that goes into games, and there's so many people that don't experience those storylines because they, you know, they don't want to play or they don't play games or they can't or they're not good enough to play games because games are weird in that they lock away content behind skill bridges, which some people like me, if I'm playing on a hard game, I'll never get through it because I can never, I can never build up the skill well, to do it. Well, I just go back to it was either the skill to do it or the grinding. So I go back to like me, yeah, you, and grind. Bomb playing, you know, like a racing game, and it'd yeah. be like, oh, I need to grind everything to yeah. to and for some people that's tracks. fun for some people that's not and so you you're gonna, yeah. gonna see that yeah so always always think for that kind of thing it's like just let me just just all the contents here let me play it in multiplayer and see if i suck at it at least let me play it but don't give me like two tracks out of 12 and then say yeah you need to go and play a single player for the next <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know 10 12 weeks i'm not gonna yeah. do that no exactly but that's part of what gaming's always been isn't it so you know can you i think i was thinking back with all those old computer games like the they were very repetitive, but no one ever saw beyond like level one or two because no one was ever. It was such a game of skill and timing that most people just gave up. They just loaded it, played a couple of levels, loaded the next game, next, 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 next. It's like Ghosts and Ghosts. I think I've seen the first, the, the first like couple of column levels of Ghosts and Ghosts. Yeah, nothing else. And I've probably it. bought, played that game. There's probably about know, five so people in the world that have ever got <laughs> to like what would be the end of that game. Yeah, there you go. Anyway. That's good stuff. We've managed to make it to the end of this podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Um, if you want to find out more about who we are, what we are, what we do, digitaloutbox.com is our website. Info at digitaloutbox.com is our email address. We're on Twitter as digitaloutbox. And if you want to find out more personally about us, I'm on Twitter as UK, And my racing car racing blog is academyracer.co.uk. Ian, where are you? Blogzindy.net. I'm on Twitter as Shreepat. Lovely. Uh, so thank you very much for listening and we will talk at you again soon. Goodbye. Ta-da. It is Sunday, the... Oh, I better do that again because I wasn't looking at the date and I didn't know what it was. <laughs> I'm not going to stop, though. <laughs> Unless you want me to... Do you want me to stop? <laughs> it's gone well so far. <laughs>